right, it is first and moose week 12 recap. Connor, Manny, Patrick, after the the long Thanksgiving weekends. How was both y'all's Thanksgiving weekends uh break? I, I thought mine was good. A good a good week off for sure. Yeah, definitely a, a needed one. Um, but uh it was a good time off. Nice game, good, a couple good games we watched uh, there on Thursday, especially uh, the first year, not so much the last one. But uh, overall, yeah, satisfied with the games on Thursday and uh, this past week, a lot of a lot of good games to talk about. So I'd have a pretty good break too. It was good to get home for a little bit. Thanksgiving, a lot of football games, uh, but definitely still trying to get back in the swing of things. Uh, but no, it was a good good two weeks of football that we missed. So. Lot to catch up on. Before we catch up, favorite Thanksgiving dish, really quick, and then least favorite. I mine's mac and cheese, easily the favorite. Uh, least favorite. I say I don't. I I eat it, but I I get a lot of flack for this one. Uh, I don't like stuffing. Very. I think it's overrated. So, um, but what are y'all's before we before we get into football? Mine probably has to be – it's a tough one because I, I don't really, like, hate one, but my favorite one probably is the, uh, like, the sweet potatoes with, like, the marshmallows on top of it, mm. candy yams for some people, I guess. But I like – those are definitely my favorite. And then I guess least favorite, um, probably it's either stuffing or just, like, any sort of vegetables that people – that a family member brings. So just – <laughs> don't really ever don't ever really touch those. Do you like sweet oh. potatoes in general, Manny? Yeah, because I don't really like sweet potatoes. Like sweet potato fries, do you like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have oh. some sweet potato fries. Yeah. Not me, but all right. <laughs> I'd have to say my favorite. I guess my favorite tur- my favorite dish, either mashed potatoes or turkey, and I think my least favorite. I'm going to have to go with Connor's stuffing. I feel like it's just, it just doesn't, it's, I feel like it's just overrated. It's not, it's good. Like a lot, a lot of people obviously eat it, but I'm just not a fan. Like I'd rather load up on mashed potatoes and just have like a bunch of butter, gravy, salt, whatever you want on there. I I'm so happy that we all don't (laughs) vibe with stuffing because I don't know. There's some people that are giving me so much crap for hating stuffing. They said it's like, the best side and I, I think that's wild i think you eat, if you only eat it once a year it can't be the best side other that's sides true. you eat like year round so i mean what just, are your what are you guys thoughts on uh just last thing um what are your thoughts on a uh, cream bean casserole a lot of people a lot of people's not a lot of people's favorites but i don't mind it one of my friends like loves it what, what are your thoughts i would just rather just have green beans to be honest okay. i i eat it but i'm not like I, would, I don't think I would ever order it as a side at a restaurant. I would just get plain old green beans. I don't think you can have cat. I don't. Oh God. I don't think I've ever had casserole besides maybe French toast. Even then I've never, I don't think you can have a casserole for Thanksgiving. In my opinion, my so final question is, is it pumpkin pie or apple pie? Oh God, that's tough. Um, uh, I don't know. I think I, I would probably go with, I like, I think apple pie just cause like, I like the, there's more crust to pie ratio. I like that more than the pumpkin pie. It, I just get a little bit too much pumpkin sometimes. So that's, that's where I'm at with it. Uh, this, this one's kind of hard because when I think of pumpkin pie, I do think of Thanksgiving. Like that's the one time I'll have it, but like, the rest of the year, I'm eating apple pie. I'm, I'm not touching a pumpkin pie. So I got some kind of 50-50 split. But I, I like a good uh, uh, pecan or pecan, however you want to say it, pie. I'm always I'm always down for one of those when it's when it's good and, and made by a good person. But I'd say, it's, I'd say both are good options, but I feel like pumpkin pie just always hits a spot. You get some vanilla ice cream on there too. Nothing beats it. And yeah, I mean, it is Thanksgiving. I'd say I probably don't eat apple pie as much, but yeah, pumpkin pie, I think cakes the cake every time. That's going to be probably your best dessert for Thanksgiving. Well, since we're, since we're on Thanksgiving, let's jump into some of those Thanksgiving games. I know it's uh, 
Got to bring your mind back. Feels like a long time ago, at least to me, but it wasn't really that long ago. Start with a really good one. Raiders, Cowboys, overtime win for the Raiders. Moved to six and five, dropped the Cowboys to seven and four. Now, I think one of the most interesting things just kind of about this is it keeps on making both the AFC and the NFC very, very cloudy. We don't know who's going to pull away at any time in this, in this game. But after this game, are we, are we feeling a little bit better about the Raiders? Do we think they have a chance at all? Or, or are we still thinking that um, this Raiders team is very fringe at the moment? I think they're very much still on the fence for me just because, um, I mean, they needed this win. I didn't personally, I didn't think they were going to win. I thought it would be close, but uh, once Darren Waller got uh, injured, I didn't really think that they were going to pull it off, but uh, all credit to them for um, even, even though um, the Cowboys were down a, a few key pieces, but even still going to Dallas, making it a close game and winning it in overtime that, uh, a lot of kudos and credit goes to them for doing that. Their defense played very well, getting to uh, Dak Prescott a couple of times. And on offense, they still, like I mentioned, without Darren Waller, were still able to put up a good amount of points on that. Cowboys secondary or defense overall, that isn't the best. But even still, uh, it was a game that they des- they desperately needed um, at this point. And now, like you said, Connor, that AFC West gets even a lot, a lot more tighter and it really just, it's really anybody's uh, division to take at this point. Um, we might get, we might even get all four of them in the, in the playoffs if, uh, if some games go um, a certain way. But uh, yeah, I got all credit goes to the Raiders for, for playing well, even though one of their best players uh, went down in that game. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough without the Raiders having Darren Waller. Again, he's their best player. Uh, I mean, we all know the story of Darren Waller from the Ravens to beating drug addiction to being on the Raiders. He's become arguably this the heart and soul of that Raiders team. Besides Derek, besides Derek Carr, that man is the leader of this team. So when you lose him, it's it's going to pose a challenge because you have to have someone step up. And I think Derek Carr did that. Yes, you know, you don't have the receiving core that or the big name receiving core that maybe the Rams do or the Packers do or, you know, the Cowboys do. So I think Derek Carr with what he did on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys, who is a pretty good defense. I think we have to commend him for that. Hunter Renfro, again, further proves that he's one of the more underrated wide receivers I think in the entire NFL, I mean, we have to remember back, this man was a walk-on at Clemson, if I'm not mistaken, and he had a great career there. We all know that, but we didn't expect them to have, I guess, this great, this good of a career so far for the Raiders. I think, you know, he's up and down sometimes, but he's still a really good wide receiver. I thought he played well. Zay Jones played well. Deshaun Jackson as well. I mean, this is only his what, like third or fourth game with the team, and he was second, second in the team in the receiving yards. I think the Raiders played a great game. I think the Cowboys as well played a great game. I mean, you're missing CD Lamb and Amari Cooper, your top two wide receivers. Again, arguably your best two offensive playmakers besides Zeke. So I think the Cowboys, with what they had, they played really well. But again, it just is a matter of you know, that AFC West is wide open. Again, the Chargers, you know, they're a good team. They have a lot of good talent. They just can't put it together for whatever reason. I mean, you could say the Chiefs as well. The Chiefs have all the talent in the world. We knew that they've been the they've been the best, best team or arguably the best team over the last couple of seasons. And then, you know, you also, I don't know. I really don't. And then the Broncos as well. Broncos are just in a perpetual state of, I don't know what's happening with them. So I think that AFC West is wide open, but with the way that Derek Carr played with his depleted wide receiving core uh, against the Cowboys, I think we have to commend him for that. And I think it's a great game. I think it will be interesting to see who Carr's like go-to guy for the rest of the season will be because, you know, Renfro led the team in, in yards and receptions while it went down, obviously, but uh, they don't have like a, a stacked receiving group at this moment. And on the other side, the, the Cowboys, you know, had some injuries and people were not able to 
play. And that makes me less worried. I know they've dropped two in a row now, but they're still in a division where, yes, they could get caught, but I think they have a comfortable lead and with their remaining schedule that I think they should, shouldn't worry by any means. But sticking with Thanksgiving Day, this game was a blowout. Not the most exciting game by any means, but I kind of want to pair it with another game that was a dominant game. Bills dominate the Saints 31 to 6. They finally seem like they're getting back in the groove, possibly. But then we also have the Patriots dominate the Titans 36 to 13. And this division looks very, very exciting. That could come down to the wire. Both teams still have to play each other twice. They play each other this week. Then they both play different teams. And then they play each other the day after Christmas. In this moment, who wins the division? Patriots or Bills? Um, well, I've been saying it. I think I said it to Patrick three weeks ago. I said that the, the Patriots were going to win this division. And now I think, well, with the Ravens win last night, they're – second or or almost in that first place spot for first in the whole whole conference whole AFC conference which is which is pretty crazy pretty ridiculous to to actually have that happen I mean it is a Bill Belichick team it shouldn't really surprise many of us but the way that the expectations that they had going into this season was definitely not anywhere near where they are right now especially with Mac Jones being a rookie and really no star wide receivers um, on that team where you have like the Rams have OBJ, Cooper Cup, the Chiefs have Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. All these top tier teams have that X factor receiver and where the Patriots are just kind of a grind out team that are just run with three different, with three solid um, running backs and then just hold you down on, on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, from just that alone, I'm very impressed with them. And that's Early on, I saw like inklings of it, how like they're gonna play, just run the ball and hold you down with, um, with great defense. Um, so at this point, they're eight, they say eight and four, currently first in that division. And I think, um, uh, with the game coming up this coming Monday, I think when they play the Bills, I think, I think they just line up. They just line up well against the Bills, and I think they'll take at least one, if not both, of those games against them, and they'll end up winning this division and maybe even coming in first in the whole AFC, which is crazy i don't know exactly which team which team to take i mean both of these teams are playing well i think the bills you know coming off of that you know harsh harsh game against the colts which you know side note the colts may be a dark horse team in the playoffs as well i don't know if you guys have been watching hard knocks as well but that seems like a team that could you know if they rally together that's a team that's dangerous Back to my point, I think both the Bills and the Patriots are very strong teams. I think they have good defense. I think they both both of their strengths are on defense. I think the Patriots have a really good defense front seven. I think the Bills have a great secondary. However, you lose Tredavious White, who's arguably your number one cornerback for the season. So that's a huge loss. And we'll see how the Bills are going to be able to kind of you know, replace his production, but I don't think they're going to be able to. Now, granted, I don't know who exactly on the who's on the Bills and who's at secondary behind Tredavious White. So we'll see what happens. But you know, with the way the Patriots are just steamrolling teams right now, I mean, the Titans are a team that's supposed to compete for you know the one seed, the two seed in the AFC, and they get completely dominated by the Patriots. So. I think the Patriots have a very, very high chance of winning this division. I think the Bills also have a great chance of winning this division as well. It's going to, but the thing is, the only way this division gets decided is who wins those two remaining games against each other. In my mind, I feel like they're going to split it. But I think the biggest, the key to all this is this week's game and how the Bills are going to be able to replace the production of Troy Davis White. If they're able to do that and shut down that Patriots passing attack, which, you know, passing attack, quote unquote, you know, if they're able to do that and then they're able to shut down the run as well. I mean, that's the game right there. The Bills win. But if they're not able to, and, you know, the Patriots wide receivers are just able to run wild and that rush, that rushing attack is able to just get going, 
the game's over and the Patriots are going to win. And I think the Patriots take the division as well. So I think this Sunday is going to be a precursor for how this division gets ends up getting decided after the regular season. Do we believe Mac Jones could keep up in a shootout versus Josh Allen? Obviously, Josh Allen's more experienced, but Mac Jones has impressed a ton this year, and the defense is helping a lot. And you know, the offense is finally meshing. But if it comes down to a back and forth game in the fourth quarter, do we do we trust Mac Jones yet, or does he still need something to prove? Um, I think just because the uh, the circumstances of the game, like Patrick mentioned, um, the Bills won't have Tre'Davious White. I think there's a little bit more confidence that he can do it, but even still, um, Josh Allen has, I think, definitely more arm talent than Mac Jones, and obviously has more weapons in him. In a prolific wide receiver like uh, like Stephon Diggs, and even Gabriel Davis, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, and Cole Beasley, they're all solid pieces around. Um, Josh Allen, they give him a multitude of options. Even also uh, Kevin Knox, a good solid tight end that he has, a reliable option for him. Um, I think he just has more weapons and more more things playing is uh, in his favor for Josh Allen to make this a shootout. And I think they'd want to make it a shootout just because, like I mentioned before, the the Patriots I think just lack those those weapons, those explosive play players on the outside where you could really take advantage of this Bills team now. It's, with Tredavious White being out, but it still could be close just because the Patriots receivers aren't the best in the world. They might not be able to take advantage of. Um, I don't even know who their second cornerback is on the Bills, but it still could be a tight matchup with that. Um, but the biggest key, I think, for that to, to for that to happen or for that to even play out is if the Bills are able to get a bunch of pressure in Mac Jones's face, I think it'll alter this game a lot and it'll just rattle him, I think, if they get to him like four or five times, I think it'll put the Bills in a good position to kind of end this winning streak that the Patriots have been on. I think it's going to be tough for Mac Jones to be able to replicate what Josh Allen has at his disposal weapons-wise. When you have a top five wide receiver in Stephon Diggs, maybe top three if you want to push it, but I'd say top five. Top five wide receiver, a top probably 20 25 wide receiver and Cole Beasley, a good rushing attack, uh, and Dawson Knox, who is quickly becoming a very good tight end. Uh, he was a bit underrated last year, and I think he's really, you know, he's really just exploded onto the scene for the Bills, and I think he's quickly become a favorite for fan for fantasy managers. I think he's a great player, and I think. The Bills and the Patriots, if they're able to, if they're going into a shootout, it's going to be the Bills that end up taking it just because Josh Allen is the most, the more experienced the player. I think he is better. He's a better thrower and has more arm power. And I think he has the better weapons at his disposal. But like Manny said, I think if they're able, if the Patriots are able to basically, I mean, just destroy, if they're able to take over that game and destroy and basically just run all over Bill's secondary without Tredavious White, you know, it's going to make a much more competitive game. But the Bills are going to win in the shootout just because the Patriots don't have those big name wide receivers like the Rams, the Packers. Uh, I mean, really, any of these teams that most teams have. The other Thanksgiving Day game don't really want to talk about even though it was a two-point game bears lions so sorry to any bears lions fans but i mean you know where you sit currently but a really good game from yesterday buccaneers colts very odd colts dominate the first half 24 14 then the the buccaneers turn around dominate the second half outscore the colts 24 to 7 both teams to me are looking like playoff teams, teams that can win pretty much any game, but can also lose any game at, at the same time. Carson Wentz, still erratic as ever. You never know what's going to happen, but he does have those moments where you're like, okay, I, I understand why people have liked him in the past, still continue to like him, but he He's up and down. He's kind of like a, almost like a Jameis Winston in moments. He's, he's very high and then, then very low the next play. After this game, though, 
how do we trust the Buccaneers currently? They're sitting at eight and three, Manny and Patrick. They're they're pretty strong, not super dominant, but there's not honestly a lot of noise around them. And that that kind of kind of scares me a little bit, to be honest, because if this team gets hot like we saw last year, they're they're a Super Bowl team. Yeah, uh, for sure. I think um, well, just from what this game told me um, after watching, it was a great game, like you said, Connor. And I think one of the biggest question marks with the the Bucks, where there was a couple, and I think they were kind of addressed yesterday. One of them was the the rushing attack. Um, before this game, really, I mean, there was probably a couple, one or two before, but really, this game was kind of Leonard Fournette's not breakout game because everybody knows how good he is but it's really the game that they let him take over and kind of dictate the pace of the game and how this game would go and I think that's a perfect way to go up against someone like uh like the Colts who have just as good a running back in Jonathan Taylor who has been absolutely destroying opposing defenses and has put himself in the MVP conversations um based on his previous performances so I think this is a very a very good sign for the Bucks um to know This Bucks team, if he can do that, this Bucks team is probably one of the more complete teams, probably one or two um, of the top teams in the NFC, maybe even the, the whole NFL. Uh, and then the other thing that I saw again yesterday was that that defense still for the Bucks is still hot and cold, I, I would say. They, they make some great plays because of that. I think we lost him. I think so too. But yeah, I I agree that the the Bucks are are good, and I mean, what were your thoughts on them, Patrick? I think the Bills are Bills. Buccaneers are a good team. I think. Yeah, I don't know if there's as much hype around this team as there was last year. Again, when you have Tom Brady, I think it's because this is Tom Brady's second season in Tampa. So everyone's, you know, expectations are maybe not tampered a little bit or, you know, dampered a little bit, excuse me. I think it's just that there is so much hype and speculation around Tom Brady finally leaving New England to go to the Buccaneers and assembling an all-star cast of players. I think that was the spe- that was the draw to watching the Buccaneers. And as a result, there is always constant media attention on the team. And I'm not saying that there isn't now. I mean, you, when you still have Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, I mean, you go, the, then again, you name the name. There's so many names on that team. I think that, you know, the Bucs are a good team, but they also are in a tough, they're in a tough conference. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how they play throughout the rest of the season. But at the same time, they've shot themselves in the foot a couple of times in that game and throughout the season. The Colts are a good team. I think they'll make it in as potentially as one of the probably the second wild card, maybe maybe the first wild card. Uh, but we'll have to see what ends up happening with them. I think both teams made mistakes throughout the game that were costly and confusing, to say the least. Uh, I think the Colts not running the ball as much against, you know, a vaunted front seven in the Bucks, which makes sense. Uh, but it's not like they did much better in the passing attack either. I mean, Carson Wentz struggled mightily throughout the game and made a lot of mistakes, and it further proves why exactly the Colts traded that first-round pick to the Eagles for Carson Wentz. Obviously, I love it personally. He plays 75% of the snaps. They don't make the playoffs 70% if they make the playoffs. Either way, he's bound to – I think he's bound to hit that mark in like a week or two. So I'm happy with it personally, but the Colts, I don't, I mean, it goes back and forth every week. Some weeks he looks, he looks like he was well worth the first round pick other, other weeks. He doesn't look like he's worth a third or fourth rounder. So really he, in order for the Colts to make it into the playoffs and even have a chance of making it far, Carson Wentz has to work on his consistency and just being, if you're going to be good, be good if you're going to be bad if you're going to be bad i'd rather you be consistent don't give me those you know 400 yard games three touchdowns and then go to like 200 yards 
three interceptions. If you're going to be consistent, be consistent. That's the easiest thing. I mean, it's the easiest thing and the hardest thing to do as a quarterback. But in order for the Colts to make it far, Carson Wentz has to be consistent and they have to establish that running attack because that's the identity of their team is Jonathan Taylor. We can move on to Packers, Rams, and, you know, I, I love the hype around the Packers in a way, but also I also don't like it because I, I don't need that much noise. I, I kind of like it when people underrate underrate your own team. You know, you, you're the believer and everyone else hates them, but the majority of the media is starting to and has kind of pegged the Packers as, as the best NFL team. And I, I don't enjoy that. that. That scares me way too much. And Sure, I think the Packers are very good. Even um, obviously, I followed them the the closest out of any NFL teams, since I'm a fan. And they have plenty of injuries and are finding ways to win without some of their their top players. They continue to lose people, but they they have great depth. And if some of those top players can return, I, I think it's a Super Bowl uh, championship level team. But I, I'm not loving the narrative around them. Yesterday even though it turned out just to be a eight point game, I think it was, it was a little bit bigger of a beat down than just an eight point game. But I want to hear both of your, y'all's opinion on the Packers. Are they the NFL's best team currently, or is, I guess the, the national media a little bit just trying to find a team that's the best team because this year there's not really one that's like, there's not the Chiefs this year where we're like, okay, they're they've only lost one game and they they dominate every single week. Yeah, I think definitely everybody wants it to be the Packers just because I think you can't just because of Aaron Rodgers. I think everybody knows how great he is. Um, he talent wise, probably definitely in the top three talent wise, maybe even top two. Um, the guy can make every throw, can do really anything for for a team. And I think everybody knows that just one Super Bowl on that resume kind of isn't fair uh, for the amount of talent and how good of a player he is. So I think everybody wants to make wants to make him just get to another Super Bowl. They want to see him in another Super Bowl, and that's why um, everybody's kind of pinning the Packers right now as the best team in the in the whole NFL. Uh, don't get me wrong though; they're they're a great team defensively. They've they've surprised me. I didn't think they were. Um, as good as they they've shown me in recent weeks, but uh, they have some good players back on the defensive side. Eric Stokes says uh, he's a good defensive back that uh, has been playing well. Uh, Preston Smith gets pressure to them, and I think you're still playing with without Sedarius Smith, if I'm not mistaken. So once he comes back and Jair Alexander as well, it's just they can only get better from uh, from the recent success that they've had. So that's a positive. It looks like we we lost Manny sadly again, but you you can pick up a little bit, I guess, on the discussion we're talking about right now, Patrick. And if you think, you know, the the hype around the Packers is real or or not, and if they're not real, what what team do you think should be getting a little bit more attention? I think both of these teams deserve to get a lot of attention. I think the Rams, obviously, they've made a lot of right. They've made a lot of moves. When you trade for Von Miller and you also get OBJ, you, you know, it's going to be you had your chips are all in. Your chips are all in. This is what you want to do. This is how this team is going to operate. We want to win a Super Bowl this year. I don't care about next year. I want to win this year. I, this Rams team wants to win this year. I think that they have a very high chance of doing that, but at the same time, Matthew Stafford is an old man. I mean, we saw the injury report. I get like elbow problems, a back, like back soreness. And I remember I told my dad, he was like, oh, wow, he really is becoming an old man. Like, that's exactly what I go through. So I think, you know, the Rams are a good team. I think the Packers are also a good team. I think the Packers, you know, deserve the hype. I think Aaron Rodgers, he didn't practice all week because of his toe, COVID toe, I think, uh, which was a new thing. I had no idea even existed, but regardless, you know, having him play well is the key to this team making it far in the playoffs. I think they're going to be able to lock up one of those top seeds. I think the 
potentially the one seed, maybe the two seed. Again, this NFC top, the top of the NFC is tough. You have the Packers, you have the Rams, you have the Chargers, or not the Chargers, the Cardinals, excuse me. So I think all three of those teams have very good chances of being the top seed in the NFC. I think the Packers definitely do deserve it, though. The rushing attack's great. I think A.J. Dillon as well is a very, very good draft pick. I think the Packers completely hit it out of the park with him. I think he's a great back. Uh, he was the third string behind Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones last year. Jamal Williams goes to the Lions. And A.J. Dillon, you know, is a pounding ground kind of guy. He's going to be able to come on your third and shorts. And he's going to be able to run the ball and just truck people. I mean, he did that last night, completely ran over a dude. I mean, he just had a great game. I think the Packers made a great move by landing him in the draft. So I think the Packers are on a good trend of play. I think the Rams, though, at the same time, you know, Matt Stafford, it's going to be it's going to be tough because, again, he's getting older. Aaron, Rod Not to say Aaron Rodgers isn't getting older as well, but you know, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford is Matt Stafford. So I think both of these teams will compete for a top seed in the NFC, but I do think the Packers deserve the hype, but maybe not as much as, you know, the national media uh, is hyping them as much, you know, at hyping them as much as they, you know, maybe I don't really think they should be hyped up that much to settle it. And on the, the other side, the, the Rams now have lost three straight. And it seems like there's some reports that, I guess, Matthew Stafford might not be playing at, at full health. And that's definitely, I believe, an issue moving forward because he is their ceiling. It's, he's the, they went out and got him, and rightfully so, because he is better than Jared Goff. Everyone knows he's better than Jared Goff. He He's the reason why they are a Super Bowl contending team and a reason why they have a shot at the, the number one seed in the NFC. But should we be worried at all about the Rams currently? Or is it one of those things like, hey, maybe they lose six games and, you know, they squeak into the playoffs or maybe they even lose seven games, but they have all the pieces. And if they get hot at the right time, you don't want to play them just kind of like the Bucks last year. Yeah, they weren't great during the regular season, but they got hot at the right time. Is that something we could see out of the Rams, even though I think a lot of people expected them to be a team that was a one, two, or maybe a three seed in the playoffs? I mean, I think it's just a little – I will cut them some slack just because um, it is hard when you have – when you lose such a vital part to your offense in Robert Woods – and you're trying to instantly replace him with uh, with Odell Beckham Jr., who don't get me wrong, is a great talent, is um, would be a lot of teams number one, but it's just hard to for him to come and learn a new playbook on the fly and kind of just be thrown in there and expect to get the same productivity out of him. Um, I think with over over time he will get the hang of it. We saw some glimpses of it two weeks ago against the 49ers and last week and this past week against um, the Packers, obviously when he got that long touchdown. Uh, so I think it'll take some time with him. And also on the other side of the ball, you have Von Miller, who, again, is a great piece. Anybody would love to have him. But again, he is running a whole new playbook in such a short amount of time. There is going to be some bumps in the road, and this team might not look what might not look like what everybody expects him to initially. But I think in a, a week or two, I think it'll start to finally click, and we'll start to see that team that everybody kind of expects them to be. Now, in terms of Matt Stafford, if he's playing on with um, with questionable health right now, that's that's something that they have to like address instantly because if you can't have him hindering the team and making mistakes, um, especially when they traded so much to get him and he was looked at as this final piece to the puzzle, he can't be the one kind of losing you games um, per se. So I think they have to address that above all else, because I think the other two pieces will just kind of um, play themselves off and fix themselves. I, I don't know. I think Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford's a good quarterback, but he does look like a shell. He does look like a shell of himself and he didn't look good at all. I mean, he was, he just couldn't move. He didn't look like he could move at all. And he really struggled to get out of the pocket and try to, I mean, he's not a, neither are mobile quarterbacks 
but you have to have the ability to get out of the pocket when a play breaks down and Matt Stafford could not do that. And he made a lot of poor mistakes that probably had a lot of people scratching their head, including, you know, Sean McVay and really the rest of the Rams front office. I don't think they're worried. I think Matt Stafford is still going to be Matt Stafford. And I think the leadership, the, the leadership and the and real, uh, well, the veteran leadership to combine it is always going to be a huge help in a younger locker room, in my opinion. Uh, I think the Rams are a good team. I think the I think right now the Packers probably have an upper hand on getting that second seed. I still think the Cardinals are far and away the best team in the NFC just with their consistent play right now. I think they're doing great. I think when you get back Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, you know, this week, presumably, and they're healthy, hopefully, at least 95% healthy, 90% healthy. I think that's going to be a huge help for the Cardinals. I think they go on a bit of a run in the season. I think they lock up that number one seed. But it's going to be a very interesting battle between which quarterback doesn't deteriorate faster, Aaron Rodgers or Matt Stafford. I think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers just because I think he's – I wouldn't necessarily say Matt Stafford's not a first bout Hall of Famer, but there is a reason why Aaron Rodgers has, I mean, has always been known as one of the game's best overall quarterbacks. Really, I mean, you could say all time too as well. And he's made some all time greatest plays uh, that I don't think most quarterbacks could replicate with the arm power that he has. Moving forward, the 49ers are kind of finally starting to get things going. I, I don't know. It's it's weird. Six and five. It's good enough. The NFC West is, is muddy, just like everything else. But now they've won three straight. Then they go to Seattle and then Cincinnati. Seattle, not as good, but Cincinnati's definitely after yesterday's performance proof. They can uh, still dominate games. And yeah, they have weird games as well. But the, the 49ers are, are turning things around sort of but this really feels like a a first round exit team am i correct in that and am i correct in that take i mean jimmy garoppolo or even trey lance possibly has a has a pretty solid ceiling at the moment we definitely know jimmy g ceilings we don't know trey lance's ceiling yet but i i feel like if they make the playoffs i i'm not really sure they beat anyone yeah, I, I would agree with that just because at this moment they sit sixth and uh, they'd be playing the they'd be playing uh, the, the Bucks at this moment. Um, so I think just they just don't really match up well. Their offense is, is looking pretty solid. I'll give them that. Um, Debo's having a breakout year. Uh, they've had, they have a good piece in Elijah Mitchell. Um, Brandon Ayuk solid too. Uh, George Kittle obviously don't have to really say much about him. Everybody knows about George Kittle, but I think it's just that defense has really been underwhelming, kind of disappointing this whole this whole year. Um, that secondary outside of Josh Norman and uh, really just outside of Josh Norman, I can't really name anybody else in that secondary of a such of a prolific status that'll really kind of shut down somebody. Not to say that Josh Norman is that he has not really been that ever since his Carolina days or even with the, with the football team. Um, they have some good linebacker in their front seven is, is solid, but I think that secondary just lets them down. Most of the time, they can't really stop opposing um, wide receivers and just passing threats. And when you're going up against a team like the bucks who has all, all these passing, all these passing threats, all these receivers, just despair, um, you're going to get, you're going to get up you're going to get destroyed on in uh, in that sense and in a shootout i don't think just i don't think jimmy g quarterbacking your team's going to win a shootout against tom brady it's just not going to happen so yeah i would have to agree with you on that Connor. they're just not really built to kind of compete with the upper level teams like the cardinals the packers the bucks and the rams and even the cowboys at this moment I'd have to agree with Manny there. I don't think this is a – I think this is a decent team. I wouldn't say they're fantastic. I think Jimmy Jimmy G, excuse me, yeah, he's just not – I mean, he's hit his ceiling. He's going to be a decent quarterback, an average quarterback. I wouldn't say he's above average or great quarterback. I wouldn't say he's, you know, Kirk Cousins in this game. I mean, 
I think he's an average quarterback who's only going to lead them to average success, which is, in their minds, first-round exit, like Connor said. I don't think this team can make it much farther than that. Uh, but I still think they played a good game. But the I think the biggest thing of this all is the 49ers also lose Fred Warner. Fred Warner hurt his hamstring. Doesn't really seem promising for him to come back this season. So you lose arguably your top defender. You lose your middle linebacker. You lose the heart and soul of that defense potentially for the rest of the season, which is a huge loss. So that alone is massive. And then you also, you have to look at the Vikings as well. They struggled. I mean, it's tough when you have such a, I mean, a woefully uh, just average quarterback when you have arguably one of the top young wide receivers in the NFL and Justin Jefferson. God, that always hurts to say he's on the Vikings regardless. Um, oh God. Uh, yeah. It's it, you know, it's going to, it's going to be a long time for the Vikings because Kirk Cousins leased the Vikings at 84 million guaranteed, might I say. Uh, so I think, you know, the Vikings have to find a franchise quarterback. They haven't had a good quarterback since probably Brett Favre. I can't really name any besides probably since Brett Favre, to be honest. So I think the Vikings, in order for them to ever get to the level they did in 2017 when they lost to the Eagles in the NFC Championship in the greatest game I've ever seen, um, just to you know put it out there, uh, I think they have to draft a franchise quarterback. I think they have to find some – they need to find someone in the draft. I wouldn't say it's this draft, though. I think next year's draft, we could potentially see a lot of good quarterbacks AKA CJ Stroud. If the Vikings are up there and they have the, if they have the cap draft capital and they have a, a pretty bad record, go for CJ Stroud. I mean, the man we've seen him every weekend, he's quietly become one of the best and most accurate passers in all of college football. I can't, I mean, I can't count how many times I've seen videos of him just throwing absolute dimes to Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson. And even next year, he's going to be, he's going to be just fine when you still have Julian Fleming, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and you have Marvin Harrison, you still have Marvin Harrison Jr. And you also have Amika Egbuke. You, you have a lot of good wide receivers for Ohio State. CJ Stroud might be the, uh, the future for the Vikings if they're able to get, get him. Because if you're able to find an accurate enough quarterback for the Vikings, to throw to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, that's a pretty solid team. And you add in Dalvin Cook as well when he's healthy. So in conclusion, the Vikings are a team that's on the demise. And honestly, I mean, you might have to start looking at starting to rebuild that team from the ground up because a lot of your stars are getting old. Everson Griffin's old. Uh, obviously, best wishes to him. Hope he's okay. He had that mental health incident a week or two ago, I think. So, you know, hope he's okay. But again, he's old. He's getting older. He's like 31, 32 now. Harrison Smith as well. Their top safety is getting older. Daniil Hunter as well is getting older. This team needs to be able to base at this point. You have to accept that this team is old. They're not in the Super Bowl window and you have to be able to rebuild. For the 49ers, it's a first round exit. They're not going to make it very far in the playoffs. If they do, it's by sheer miracle. But for the Vikings, you got a couple more years until the really sniffing the playoffs again. One last thing I want to do before we end the podcast, I want to go through the the divisions on each side and specifically the division leaders and decide which one do we think is the weakest in each one. So the division leaders on the AFC side is the Patriots, Ravens, Titans and Chiefs. Now, those four, who do you feel like is the weakest divisional leader and probably won't hang on to it? And even if they do hang on to it, you don't think they're deserving? Uh, for me, it's definitely the uh, the Titans. Um, I, I, it was like, uh, I think, three, four weeks ago, maybe, when they played the Colts and everybody was saying that was going to be a big game to decide that division. And the Titans had ended up winning that game 
But ever since then, they've kind of just been on and off, not really convincing anybody anymore. They had big wins against the Chiefs and the Bills. But now, um, granted, I know A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry, the two best players are playing, and Julio Jones as well, which will hurt any team. But yet, even so, just the hype that was around them uh, just a, a few weeks ago to now see that the Colts are just two games behind them and they still play them one more time. I think it'll just they'll end up losing, I think, that lead over the Colts, the way that they're playing now with Jonathan Taylor. And the Titans will probably just be a wildcard team, one of the bottom two wildcard teams in uh, in the playoffs. I think, honestly, I don't know. I really can't say. I think the NFL is just so confusing at times and teams that are supposed to win – you know, like the like the Bills are a team that are supposed to win. They don't win. They get they lose to the Colts. I think there's also teams like the Patriots who are just coming out of nowhere, are hot and they're playing well. I think you also look. I mean, I don't even know. You know, there's just honestly, I can't say. I really can't say what teams are going to be able to end up going far in this. I do think for the for the AFC, I think you know that you know. Again, the AFC, the Ravens may make it pretty. The Ravens may make it farther. I think there's also the possibility that you know the Colts are a dark horse team. I think for you know the Colts are a dark horse team if they can get it together. I think the Bills and Patriots are contenders. I think as well for you know the Ravens are in there. I wouldn't say the Steelers are in there at this point because they got absolutely shellacked by the Bengals. Uh, it's really up in the air. I think the NFL is just every week it's just confusing losses why and why the heck do the jets decide to win for no reason whatsoever it's just up in the air and it's i really can't make a good prediction on the afc because teams that are supposed to win don't win teams that are supposed to lose win for the nfc i think it's a lot easier to predict because those teams are more consistent at this point yeah, I would I would side with probably the Titans being the weakest and the second weakest probably be the Chiefs at the moment. And then the Patriots are really strong, but the only reason they'll lose that is because the, the Bills are also right there. But on the NFC side, we've got the leaders are the Cowboys, Packers, Buccaneers, Cardinals. I would say the Cowboys, to me, are probably the weakest, but probably in the easiest division. Maybe NFC North is pretty easy, to be honest, too. But even though they're the weakest team, I don't think they should be worried at all. For me, I think it'll – I was looking at the Cowboys just because, again, they have been looking the complete opposite of what they were looking on in the early part of the season. They've just completely fallen off. Um, we'll see what happens when all their stars come back. If they just have to improve. They, there's no way they can get worse than the way they're playing now. Um, again, the Packers, um, that's a pretty easy. They got a pretty good lead over them. The Bucks, not really worried about the Falcons or the Saints, especially at this moment. I, I would have to say, just because of the circumstances, maybe the Cardinals, just because you have the Rams there. I think they're by far the greatest second-place team in the NFC right now compared to the Eagles, the Vikings, and the Falcons. I think if anybody was going to lose a lead in it just in their division, I think it'll be the Cardinals just because the Rams are probably are definitely in that top five um, range of NFC NFC teams right now. So I think it's I think it's just the Cardinals just because the sheer um, circumstance that they find themselves in, probably the toughest, probably the toughest division in football. Um, so I think just because of that though, they have the greatest chance at this moment to, to lose that lead. I think, you know, it's, again, the NFC, I think you know what's going to happen. I think the Cardinals, yes, like Manny said, they're in a tough division. I think they're, I wouldn't necessarily, I'd say they're the strongest team, but they also have a tough, they have a tough situation with the Rams also being a very good team. I think, you know, if we go south, if we go to the NFC South with the Buccaneers, I think the Bucs, you know, I would say that they have a pretty sizable chance of winning the NFC South. I think the Panthers, I mean, again, you just it's, you just don't know what exactly 
you're going to get from them. But at this point, you know, it's not going to be good. Uh, I think that the Saints are also, you know, the Saints are in just a perpetual state of they need to draft a franchise quarterback. You can't have Taysom Hill, can't have Trevor Simeon, just you can't have them as your starting quarterback because they're not starting quarterback material. I think, you know, I think that NFC South is pretty much wrapped up for the Buccaneers. I'd say they probably have the smoothest ride to uh, a division win. Uh, If we're going North to the NFC North, I mean, it's a pretty much guarantee that the Packers are going to win it. I'd, I'd probably actually put the Packers as the smoothest ride to a division win in a top seed. Uh, in the NFC, I think the Vikings, again, we talked about it. They just need to be able, they just they have to be able to admit to themselves they need to rebuild. They need to sell off their old ver- veteran players for good value, good draft picks, and just rebuild from a startup with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, uh, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Um, so I'd say the Packers have a smooth ride. And then going to the NFC East, it's really just a matter of who doesn't shoot theirself in the foot. Cause in my honest opinion, the Eagles have the talent. I think they have this. I think they have the, yeah, I think they have the, ta- I think they have the talent. Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. Devontae Smith is a great wide receiver one. Um, Jalen Rager can, you know, and you know, I'm trying to find the nicest words possible, but uh, he, he deserves to go to the worst franchise in the world, the Jaguars and suffer for the rest of his career because he sucks as a wide receiver. Absolutely sucks. Um, yeah, no, I hate him. Everyone in Philadelphia hates him. I think the Eagles, they have a very good chance of winning the NFC East with the way the Cowboys have been playing. But the Eagles also keep shooting themselves in the foot and calling awful plays a lot of the time. So I think that division is honestly going to go down to the end because – Either way, it's going to be a crapshoot for who ends up winning the NFC East. It could be the Eagles. It could be the Cowboys. It's just a matter of who doesn't shoot themselves in the foot. Who doesn't shoot themselves in the foot more? Yeah, that makes sense. Well, that's going to wrap it up for our Week 12 recap and kind of a, a look ahead at the end of what we think about this really kind of odd year where teams look dominant and they they look like they honestly don't need to be on the football field by any means with another nfl team but thank you for listening as always the first moves with connor patrick manny and you can catch us here next week